and we are live. We are live. Today is the first episode of the Teen Parent Advocate podcast entitled Mistake or Blessing. I started um, the idea, oh, well, the idea of a podcast um, regarding being a teen parent advocate started a while ago, actually a few years ago, and I just, um, I did a lot of things, but uh, never got around to starting the actual podcast. So welcome to all who tune in. We're only going to be on a minimum, um, no, maximum, I'm not going to say minimum, minimum of uh, 30 minutes today, if that. And then we are going to uh, move forward. I may not keep save on um, Facebook Live because we are live also recording this podcast, but um, I may not keep the live video on Facebook. So if you have any questions, you can log on now. Um, as you can see, I'm in my guest bedroom, so I don't know if I like that as my background, but I did not want to hesitate any longer in prolonging this process and just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And so um, done is better than perfect, as one of my mentors say all the time. So I am just like, let's just get into it. Let's just have the conversation and let's start um, what I consider or what I call uh, team parent advocacy or becoming a team parent advocate. And um, what is a team parent advocate? So I'll start off with that and then we'll get into the actual episode. And so a team parent advocate is just like every other advocate, whether it's a victim's advocate, whether it's a human rights advocate or a human trafficking advocate. Um, you'll hear that a lot in the news feeds about becoming an advocate for underprivileged or underserviced populations. Well, the population that I serve on a day-to-day -day basis is teen parents, and I was also a, a teen parent. And so um, it, it, there's a lack, um, and I'll start it off by saying there's a lack in service providers that focus just on teen parents. Um, we do a lot of work in the area of prevention, and that is great. I am also a public health nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I'm a public health nurse and a licensed clinical social worker. And so um, I do a lot of work. I have been around a lot of service providers who do work in the area of um, teen parent or teen pregnancy prevention programs, um, but that's not me. I'm not in the prevention, although I do some trainings on that because I don't um, want kids to keep getting pregnant. However, by the time they get to me, they're already pregnant. And so that's what I do. What I have found is that there's not a lot of people that service this population to the point where they understand the unique needs and services of this group of young ladies, and not only just young ladies, because the guys too, the fellas out there who are teen parents um, also need support, but we don't always know how to support them because we don't always know what they need. And so that's really what advocacy is all about. And that's really why I decided to start um, a program that focuses just on the advocacy work of a teen parent advocate, um, of teen parents. 
And so what does that look like on a day-to-day? For me, I have maternity homes for pregnant teens who are in foster care. So these girls um, have a double whammy. One is that they are in foster care uh, because of abuse and or neglect already. And then uh, somewhere along the line in their journey, social service journey, um, they end up getting pregnant. And from there, they're not, my girls are not kicked out of their homes. And this is why they come to me. Um, that's not me. Uh, my girls are already in foster care and whether or not they got pregnant while they were on AWOL status or whether or not they got pregnant while they were, um, in another foster home, or if they were in a group home type setting somewhere along the line, they got pregnant. And when they come to me, you know, they're, uh, they're either, just finding out that they're pregnant or they're getting ready for delivery. And so this is what I do. My girls stay with me until they deliver their babies, until they graduate high school. Um, and then they transition out um, at the age of between 18 and 19 to transitional housing. And so that's the work that I do every day. There are so many gaps in services uh, um, for these young ladies because everywhere they go, they are touched by a social service provider or some person, human service worker who um, is whether they're giving them their California ID at the DMV or whether or not they are at the doctor's office because they're there for their prenatal checks, um, whether or not they're getting ultrasounds at a 3D 40 ultrasound um, space, whatever it may be, uh, schools, um, they are encountering human service workers, um, providers of services. And because they are teenagers, number one, they are not getting the help that they need. They're talked to like they are not human and they are ignored, often ignored when they're asking for stuff. They want them to go back and get a parent. Um, well, if they are pregnant, they are able to ask for things on behalf of themselves and their babies already off the bat. When they are delivering in the hospital, they are considered an adult and they're able to advocate for themselves and sign all their own paperwork when they're in the hospital. So um, they're, they're people, <laughs> so many words. They are pe- people and people that are being ignored, ignored, mistreated, talked about, stared at, um, a whole lot of things, bullied in so many ways um, by adults. And that's one of the things that's really uh, heart-wrenching to me. And it makes me advocate even harder for these girls because they're just not getting what they need. And that's not fair. It's not fair to them. Even down to um, the WIC office, I had I finally, thank God, got in touch with a person who's willing to advocate for my babies. And so I'm able to um, have a contact person at the WIC office. But initially when they come in, women, infant, children, that's what uh, WIC means. It's a free service for any woman um, who has an infant under the age of five and they receive, you know, milk and, um, you know, basic necessities. Well, and it's a free service. Um, My girls are often asked for their source of income (laughs) when they come in. Well, if they say zero, um, they're asking these girls to prove it. And that's something that is unfair to them. And so um, without an advocate, they wouldn't even get the service because they're teenagers, right? And most likely they're going to turn around and walk away and not get the stuff that they need. Same thing for a California ID. If they are in foster care and they go and try to get a California ID, if they don't have an original birth certificate, which most of them do not, um, they get turned away. 
And these girls walk away. So they need an advocate to accompany them. When they go to school, um, our girls, there's a program called CalSafe that works for girls who are pregnant and parenting. But because of funding, these programs are being cut. And so these classes included child development. Well, it's not happening anymore. And so these girls are not even knowing what to do if they're not in foster care in a setting like mine. They don't even know what to do with a newborn baby. And so they're not getting prenatal care. They're not getting prenatal education. They're not really, well, they're absolutely not getting education after the babies are, are being born. They don't even know the first thing about parenting. And we wonder why they are articles about teen parents throwing their kids in the trash cans or cutting them up or abandoning their babies. This is why, because it is horrible out there. And I'm not exaggerating. I have stood off and asked one of my girls to go up to get a service and um, watch how the service provider treats them. And so advocates are needed. And that's why I do what I do. And I'm hoping to have an advocate everywhere that I go. Like I wish, you know, I want it to be where you can call an advocate, a teen parent advocate on the phone and say, you know, I'm getting ready to go to a doctor's appointment. Would you come with me? and allow a teen parent advocate to come with you and advocate for your services for you and your child. A lot of times they don't even understand what they need. Um, if their babies are in the hospital and something is wrong, they don't even know the questions to ask. And a lot of times the healthcare providers are not even giving them the information that they need to be effective parents. They don't even know how to, you know, advocate for their their own child because they don't even know the questions to ask. And the healthcare providers are not freely giving information. Um, because of them being teenagers. So they're looked down on, but this is a population that are even in churches. If you are pregnant in church and you are a teenager, um, the way you are shunned and talked about is horrible. And what are you supposed to do? I'm already pregnant, right? And this is one of the things, what makes me so passionate about this subject is because as you guys, or most of you know already, I was that child, 15 and pregnant. And in order to keep a roof over my head, I aborted my child. That shouldn't have never happened. I should have been given options, um, but there wasn't a me then, um, you know, so therefore it was the only thing that I was told to do. And I made a 15 year old decision that changed, you know, my entire life, the whole course of my life. And so um, I want me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not just, you know, I really want people to be trained and equipped to effectively head, but that's a whole nother subject. And that's not really what the podcast is about today, but I wanted to get that off um, my chest. And I, we can go more and more about this because I can talk about this subject forever. It's like, what is your purpose here on earth? This is my purpose. This is what I am called to do. Um, and I can do it all day, every day. Um, I can do it in my sleep. So um, welcome though. Welcome to this podcast. So today's topic that we are going to be talking about is mistake or blessing. Now, this is a topic that we need to discuss because this is the problem. Um, when a child finds out, a, a minor parent, as we call them in the industry, when a minor, minor parent finds out that she's pregnant, let's go back to that. If you were a teen parent, you remember, or even if you wasn't a teen parent, if you had an unexpected, unprepared unplanned pregnancy. Let's just say that. If you were a dad, right? Because this applies for men too. If you had your first child um, or was told that your girlfriend, your girl, your wife, or whoever was pregnant, what was that moment like? <laughs> and I'm talking about unplanned. I'm not talking about the ones that are planned. I'm talking about the ones that are unplanned. I remember that day like yesterday. 
and I can tell you the truth, it was the most devastating day um, ever moment. I remember going, I was feeling sick, but I didn't know what was wrong. I was home this day and this um, this lady who allowed me, who I love to death, she's gone on to be with the Lord, but she um, allowed me to stay with her you know, and, and, you know, I was a homeless youth. And so she took me in while I was reaching for bread on top of the refrigerator. She grabbed under my stomach. She said, you know, I said, you could come. I didn't say you can bring no baby. And that those were the words that she spoke to me. And I've never forgotten those words because at that moment I needed to know what to do, but I didn't know my pregnancy at that point wasn't confirmed. Um, that was her in her wisdom. She was an older lady. And so in her wisdom, she knew that I was pregnant. So after that, I went to take the pregnancy test. I peed on the stick and oh my gosh, now the weight. Okay. So now they have these, you can find out right away. You can find out, you know, early on and, and, you know, whatever, but you just have to wait. Like you, you pee on the stick and then you just wait and you wait to see whether or not it's going to be a plus or minus or two lines or whatever the case may be. Um, and I think mine was the plus or minus and, um, I prayed. I was sitting and I wasn't at that time, I was homeless. And so I wasn't actively praying. But this moment, I was actively praying. And um, I wanted it to be a no so bad. I did not want to get pregnant. I didn't want that thing to say yes. I did not. I am getting emotional right now. And I was not. I don't even, even know why. Because I think it's because I totally remember that day. And I did not want to be pregnant. I did not. It was absolutely devastating. That moment of just, oh my gosh, it is true. I am pregnant. What am I supposed to do? Now, statistically, people will say, um, you were out there having sex. So of course, if you have unprotected sex, you can get pregnant. Okay. People can say all kinds of stuff. You shouldn't have been having sex. People can say whatever. Yeah, that's true. Um, maybe I shouldn't have been, but in my world, um, sex was not uncommon. I was a teenager who grew up in South Central LA. Um, you know, I had parental guidance, but my grandmother died when I was 14 years old and I was pretty much on my own. And, you know, actually I was on my own. I had no, from the age of 14, I have not had parents. I have had no one to tell me what to do since I was age 14. And that is the truth. And so, um, I was doing what I was doing. I, I had a boyfriend who I called a boyfriend, um, by this day and age. And this is another conversation for another episode. Um, he was much older than I was. He was in his mid twenties and I was 14 years old. And, um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was 15. And so, you know, should he have been sleeping with me? Most likely not. Um, he was a guy in the neighborhood and, you know, he was helping me out when my grandmother died and, and, you know, it wasn't, it just wasn't uncommon. So having sex in our neighborhood, South Central LA, being young and being sexually active was normal for us. That was not something that, oh, we were like chase girls or it just wasn't, you know? And, and I know this is so cliche, everybody's doing it. 
literally that was kind of the thing. It was all, I, I didn't know any girls in the neighborhood that really wasn't unless you were really young. Um, we considered ourselves as teenagers, my grandma would call us fast, right? That's the term, um, fast girls, but we're really just neighborhood girls with neighborhood guys. And this is what we did. Um, and my intent was not to get pregnant. So um, if you remember uh, that moment, because we need to discuss whether or not that, um, hey, Mother Williams, we need to discuss whether or not um, we consider kids mistakes or we consider them blessings. And that is really the conversation. And so a mistake, and I wrote down this definition, and so I will read it to you, is an error, right? A goof, a slip up, an action or a judgment um, that is misguided or wrong. Um, when you make a mistake, you've done something incorrectly, right? And mistake has a lot of uses, but they all have to do with the wrong thing. And that's what a mistake is. Do I consider my, my pregnancy a mistake? And I had a lot of people chime in earlier when I first said that I was going to be talking about this topic tonight. Um, a lot of people said, no, blessing. They see their baby if they're, as a teenage mom, they see their baby as a blessing. I don't believe that my baby and me being impregnated was a mistake. I don't. I do not. Even though I aborted my child and I live with that because I think if I saw it as a mistake, I probably wouldn't have lived with the shame and regret for so long. I did not see that as a mistake. I felt like I didn't have the courage or the skills or the support to keep my child. And adoption in our neighborhood wasn't anything anybody talked about, and it wasn't presented as an option for me. So abortion was, Planned Parenthood was in the neighborhood, and it was the thing to do, um, unfortunately. And so, um, but I don't see the baby as a mistake. I don't, I, I don't, I think what I did, I didn't have sex, right? Cause the mistake would be having sex because it's wrong, right? Having sex at a young age and not being equipped for the consequences. And that's really what it was. <laughs> I did not, I had sex irresponsibly. That's what it was. So with that, is that a mistake? Um, well, you know, no, it was a choice. So that doesn't make my baby a mistake that, that, so that eliminates that. And we have labeled kids mistakes. We have talked about them and parents have been guilty of saying to their teenage mom that your baby is a mistake. And that's not true. That's not a label. My, that, is acceptable. My husband is a product of a teen mom. She was 15 years old um, when she had him and he's amazing and he's not a mistake. My mother had my sister and my brother as a teenager and they're not mistakes. <laughs> my, um, I had my first live son, live birth at the age of 19 and my son is not a mistake. And so I think that we have to be careful with what we use um, and the terms that we use when we're talking to teen parents, because this is the stigma is why they don't seek out help. 
And if we're going to eliminate or help eliminate the problem with teen moms or teen parents, and like I said, not just moms, teen dads also doing harm or staying away because the problem with teen fathers is they are so intimidated by this whole process of being a teen dad that they walk away. And it's also because they're not equipped with the skills to be able to take care of a child or the support, because that's really what they need, support. So a blessing, on the other word, on the other hand, is what God calls a baby. And he doesn't say that it has to be by a teen parent or an adult parent. It just says a, a baby. It's referring to a blessing. And so it said, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. That's what the Bible says. That's what the scripture says concerning a baby. That's what he says. And he says in Jeremiah that before I formed you, before I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. But what's so key about that scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 5, is that he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And so we have to be careful about the language that we speak and the things that we say to one another because it has impact on how kids access services. One of the things, a part of being um, as a teen parent advocate, one of the things that we do is address barriers. What are the barriers? What is preventing this teen parent from reaching out and getting services? What is the barrier for them asking for help? How do you um, help someone if they don't ask for help or if they feel that there's walls up all around them and they don't know how to get to help because they're going to be judged or they're going to be talked about or they're going to be treated like the baby that they're carrying is a mistake. One thing that I do to help my teen moms um, fall in love with their baby is a part of the services is a 3D40 ultrasound where they can get a kind of a live image of their baby, like in color, where they're able to see this baby, not as a mistake, but as a human being, as a person. And then we teach them to love on the child so that they're not abusing and or neglecting them. Because most likely if a kid has been traumatized or a person has been traumatized, the likelihood of them carrying on that to the next generation is um, very, very high. So when you're talking about risk factors for teen parents, it is one of the things is abuse and or neglect. That is something that is just the level of risk is, is very, very high. Um, and so I want to know what people feel about it. I'll be posting the next episode um you know, in on Facebook Live and on Instagram, so you'll know what the topic is. But I know that I've had enough people say that their baby they consider is a blessing. Some people said it was the best thing that had ever happened to them, um, which is a beautiful thing. Now, my question would be, were you taught that? Is that something that you were taught? Is that something that somebody told you? Um, how did you, or did you just, when the baby was born, then you realize that this baby was a blessing or did you know this while this baby was in utero? And so that is really the question. So um, uh, First Lady Fennell says, I always thought our oldest was an error in our judgment, which is exactly what I said, um, but always a blessing and never a mistake. Um, Shamika, my sister-in-law said it was a blessing. Uh, it was and most definitely a blessing. My son made me a better person. Um, 
Laura Messenger said an amazing blessing. And I believe she had her daughter when she was 17. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sister Messenger, I see you on. Um, I'll be talking to Lynn, who is also my sister-in-law, who was a teen mom. Marlene said she was also a teen mom. This is a conversation that needs to need to be had, but more so than just talking about it, we got to come up with solutions to help. If you were a teen mom and you felt like you did something right, even if you've done some things wrong, what are the things that you would correct? Um, how do you think that you would have handled it early on? What are the things that you did right? Because I think that we still need to be celebrated. If you made it through and your kid is productive, even if your kid is not productive, okay? Because sometimes, you know, there's no guarantee, <laughs> you know, with these kids, right? Adult kids, they have to go through their process, as I say. Okay, so Tanisha says, um, my mom had me when I was 15. And see, you're not a mistake. And she says I was a blessing and that it changed her life for the better. Exactly. And this is not, and let me make this clear, and I should have said this in the beginning, this is not a podcast or a organization or a group. Teen Parent Advocacy Group is not about encouraging teens, teen moms to get pregnant that or teens to get pregnant. That is not what I'm promoting. I am promoting that if you are a teen mom, if you had a baby when you were a teen, it, you should not wear that as a um, badge of dishonor. You shouldn't wear it as shame. You shouldn't even wear it as a mistake. Your baby is a blessing from the Lord. And you just so happen to be young when you had that child. And we need to celebrate you as a parent, because if you made it through and your kid grew up to be healthy, insane, or just alive, <laughs> then you did something right and you are to be celebrated. And I know that I am trailblazing this. Trust and believe. People don't like me talking about this. People would rather for me not to talk about it because they think that I am promoting it. I don't care about the opinions of others when it comes down to something, a lived experience that I have had. I will not. I will not be silenced. I will not not talk about it. I'm trailblazing this and I'm asking people to join me on this journey to support those who are out there because there's so many young mothers and some mothers feel like they didn't have a choice but to send their teen away so that they could have their, you know, it used to be back in the day. And this is what we did know. They would send kids away who had gotten wayward. They would call them wayward kids. And they would had gotten away from them, meaning they just got pregnant. They would send them away to somebody's house down south somewhere. They would give birth to the child and they would come back. It was like the summer thing. And I know it didn't always happen in the summer, but it sure felt like it. They would go away. They would have their babies. The people down south would take the babies. And then the girl will come back to the neighborhood. That is something that happened. And if my grandmother was alive when I got pregnant, she probably would have done the same thing to me because that was just the way of the times. What I do know is I have met plenty of people who have done that and have that lives with regret. There's a place that um, there's a show now that's called um, something like lose your family or lost my family. I think it's called lost my family where there are people now who are in their sixties and seventies and 80 years old who are looking for their children that they gave up when they were 14, 15 years old. 
that pain never goes away. If you had to do that, it is still there. Who's talking to those parents who are saying that, you know what? (laughs) I see you and I know that you're hurting. We all need to be healed from something. Who's ministering to those people who are not looking at them without shame and guilt? Who's who's not looking at them with this eye of disdain? Who's doing that? That's what I want to know because I'm willing. Sister Messenger said, I left my children. I had twins. Wow. We repaired our relationship when we were adults. I wanted to go to college. My daughter was also a teenager. So now we are one big happy family. Grandma and great grandma. Oh my God, Sister Messenger. Like you just blessed my heart. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. Because you know what that is? Ultimately, it is reconciliation. And to be able to reconcile that, right? Because you don't know. I'm telling you, if I had the support, I would have never aborted my kid. I don't want anybody to have to abort their kid. Never. Not for the lack of support. And even if you have to put your kid up for adoption, or even if you have to let a family member who was an adult raise your children, okay. But to be reconciled with them is truly a gift. Life is a gift. So anyway, um, ah, that just touched my heart, Sister Messenger. I think that is absolutely beautiful. And I have met a lot of people who have done the same. And I have met a lot of people who are now looking for their children. So um, there it is. There's the answer. It's not a mistake. (laughs) I think we can all agree. And if you disagree, that's fine. Please hit me up in the comments on this. I'll leave it up for 24 hours. The podcast will be posted um, uh, this week. Give me some time. I'm playing with this right now, trying to figure out how to make it work altogether. But um, let me know, even if you felt that it, it was a mistake, let me know. It's Let's talk about it. This is a dialogue and I'm not going anywhere. So, um, you know, if you don't want to talk about it, then you don't have to. But um, for me, this is a conversation that I will have. And I hope that everybody will join me on this. Sister Bonnie says I was 19 when I got pregnant with Dana and she was my everything. You see? We're not evil, cursed little um, plagues walking around.